0: Back to the Don't Read Into It podcast. After a long wait, I have finally decided to return. And first off, let me say that it was not because I didn't want to do it. It was because a lot of things have been happening, and I want to get into it a little bit. Uh, I actually joined the UNT radio station. KNTU 88.1 is a news anchor. Sports was filled, but it's fine. You know, I'll deal with it. No, I'm actually really enjoying... Uh, KNTU news, and it's something that that's interesting to me because every other like radio or podcast type thing had been had been um, like not live, right? And I remember doing live news in high school, but it was on TV, and I was reading a teleprompter, so it was a little bit easier. I don't know because it was on a high school level, but in college it's a little bit more difficult. And let me get into like the nuances of radio, so. I have to write a script, and with the help of my advisor, or the editor, I mean, and you then have to read that script at the top of every hour, and also do traffic and news, and what I can't figure out so far is, is like, how to deliver it correctly, like, and without getting out of, I just hit my knee on my desk, that's the noise you just heard, but... (laughs) But it's difficult to do, really, right? So, um, in my second week, I'm, I'm hard on myself always, so it's been, like, mildly difficult, I would say. But it's something that's really good for experience and something I'm really enjoying. But, yeah, it's, it's fun. It is really fun, but it's challenging. Like, today, uh, I'm on Monday, Wednesday, Fridays from 2 to 5. But today... I was talking right I was like talking on the station I was reading my news and it was like a very long read so you basically have to read from a script and it's like long words it's like paragraphs of news that you have to read and I have a problem with running out of breath in the middle of the the script so I'll be reading it and it will just be like here I'll show an example it's like I read today, uh, oh, President Joe Biden did this and this and this, and it was like maybe five, six sentences, and in the middle of that, I'm kind of (laughs) like, because I'm out of breath, I can't really, like, project my voice as much as I'd like to. But, yeah, um, if y'all want to listen to it, if you live in the DFW area, then it's KNTU News and 88.1 FM. It's a fun experience, but... I just wanted to talk about that. And there's been a couple other things that have happened in my life recently, but the biggest thing is undoubtedly KNTU news and joining that. So I'm proud of it. I think everyone's proud of me. Anytime anybody listens to it, because I got friends on campus that listen to it and like send me videos of them listening to it. I cringe so hard because I hate hearing myself. Like I can hardly review this podcast most of the time because I it's it's hard. But it's especially hard for KNTU because you hear yourself and I have to use like a different voice and like this is a casual voice. It's a casual podcast. I'm KNTU it's like I, I'm like KNTU News. I'm Reed Smith and stuff like that. So you have to sound formal the entire time. And I always wonder: Am I sounding too casual? Is my voice too casual? Am I getting stuck on my my script? Which sometimes happens, but it is what it. I keep hitting my knee on my desk. I'm sorry about the clicking, but it's. I wouldn't say it's like the hardest thing I've ever done, but it is something that you have to have good skill at. Like, And it's comforting knowing that I'm like not the only one that's self-conscious about what they sound on the radio. Today, there was a girl before me, before I did my last uh, appearance, and she said, oh, I did so bad. She did well, but she was going, oh, I did so bad. I sounded so stupid because it was her first time. And I'm like, oh, thank God. I'm not the only one who's doing this in my own head. Yeah, I appreciate the help of the editors that are there. It came to you when I'm doing that. They're very helpful, very, very, uh, you know, they criticize, but in a good way. Like, I appreciate criticism that I can work off of, not just like reprimand, being reprimanded. I can't speak. Being reprimanded for things that I feel like I don't deserve or something. I've always had a problem with that, especially in high school, but Here, when I get criticism, it's valid, and it's something that I can work on, and it is something I work on, so I appreciate them. They're really cool. If they're listening, they know who they are. But, yeah, that's my life. A little life update. I think it's been nearly three weeks since I released an episode. So, um, this is a little bit bit, um, overdue, as they would say, but... Here I am, I'm here to talk about stuff, and what I want to talk about first is something that hurts me to the deepest core of my heart, and it is that Elvis Andrews has been traded to the Oakland Athletics for Chris Davis, and I'm not going to mention the prospects to be honest with you, because we have the number 9 catcher in the minor league system and a pitcher, and I just don't really feel like they're important. So we're just going to talk about the main trade pieces of Elvis Andrews and... Um, Chris Davis. First of all, um, I think I think Elvis being traded was a good baseball move. It's a number of moves that uh, Chris Young and John Daniels have formulated this offseason to try and make the team better. But as a Ranger fan and in the clubhouse, that one has got to hurt really bad. I mean, Elvis Andrews was the definition of clubhouse guy and... Really, I can't see any other Ranger in that clubhouse to replace him, honestly. I don't I don't feel like anybody can replace his presence. He was such a big presence excuse me in the clubhouse for 12 years and now that he's gone, then the Rangers just, you know, that's an empty shell. And it, that you kind of saw that when Beltré left too, how Alright, who's going to step up and be the leader? And that leader was Elvis Andrews, even though he hasn't really shown up for, you know, playing very well in the past couple of years. He's been battling injuries. But in the clubhouse, everybody went to Elvis. Elvis was the guy. He was the man that you always walked up to. And it's just, I think it's a terrible clubhouse move, but baseball move, it's fine. And we cannot talk about Chris Davis all year, Mr. 249-40 Homer. But... Does he still have that production? Is the question we saw lowered production last season for Chris Davis in 2020. Granted, it was shortened. I don't really count player performances in 2020. I just feel like there wasn't enough time for anybody to get settled. So, if Chris Davis can continue to do what he has done 249, that's you know one fourth of your hits, and that would be a almost 20% home run average. And if he can do that. That would be good for the Rangers. That would really help us out a lot. But, yeah, it's just sad to see Elvis go. I mean, two-time All-Star, favorite player, favorite guy. I just am hurting as a Rangers fan when I read that. I mean, I, I'm i not going to sit here and lie. Like, I didn't shed a few tears when I saw that Elvis Andrews had been traded. He is... Like, I think we've all... As a Ranger fan, you know what I'm talking about. We've all been angry at Elvis before. We've all gone oh, Elvis, why did you swing at that ball? It was, uh, that was way above the strike zone. That was, it's your nose. Why are you swinging at that, Elvis? And Elvis was, is a player that if he sees someone get a big hit before him, then he's going to be swinging for the fences. And there's nothing wrong with that. There isn't. But even when he made mistakes, everybody loved him. Every fan loved him. He was just one of those players that you go, oh, Elvis, why did you do that? But I love you. You're great player you're a great guy and having him go to a division rival hurts especially the Oakland Athletics and this is a rough topic to talk about very very fresh on my mind even though it happened on Saturday but I don't I haven't seen that Elvis has released a statement um he probably has I just haven't really been on Twitter all that much lately but yeah it's um an interesting move which most likely believe, you know, that's Isaiah kainer position now. And that's interesting to me. That's another Ranger thing I want to talk about. Isaiah kainer moving from third base to shortstop. Granted, he is a defensive whiz. The guy can play anywhere you put him and be a gold, fi- gl- <laughs> a gold glover at any position on the field. Uh, in the infield, at least. Except catcher, you know. He's a decent catcher, but he's not a gold glove catcher. I think if a guy has a year like kind of falefa had at third base, you keep him at third base because do we really want to take a chance on Sheraton-Apostel? And that's what it's kind of leaning towards, Sheraton-Apostel taking the third base position. And in Cuba, he was great. He was a very sought-after prospect, but I'm not sure if he's ready to be a Major League Baseball third baseman. I don't know what the Rangers have seen. I guess we will have to see. We don't even know if Sheraton-Apostel will be the starter at third. But in my opinion, just in my humble opinion, you give, especially since this season is undoubtedly going to be a rebuilding season, that's going to be at third base, Isaiah Connor-Falefa, and then you give Anderson Tejeda some reps at shortstop, see how he does, because I feel like Tejeda has a very high upside, and he should be a shortstop, and especially in a rebuilding year, this is a perfect year to see how Tejeda is, and to really gauge his success and what he can be at the major league level. He showed flashes last year in 2020. He he um, hit that homer in Oakland. He had a three for four day in that same series, and he showed flashes of being great. He certainly impressed me a lot more than other rookies like Sheridan Apostel, uh, Adales Garcia, um, especially Eli White. And it's just – Hmm. It's just It just doesn't sit well in my mind that Isaiah just won a gold glove at third base and they're moving him to short. I get the decision. I get it. But at the same time, I just think it's interesting and really shouldn't be a move that should be made. But other than that, the offense, I think, looks great. Um, added David Dahl. You added Mark Lowe. You have Nick Solak at second base, which is his natural position. And... I'm not worried about the Rangers on the offense side, however, I am worried about the Rangers pitching. That rotation looks abysmal and the Rangers signed Mike Fultishnivics today and thinking that he's going to be able to be a productive man in the rotation. and Fultishnivics showed promise in Atlanta, but more often than not, he got called he got sent down a couple of times and more often than not Fulchnevix looked not great. He he wasn't good as an angel. He was not great as a brave and it's just a really ranger move to be honest. There's really no other thing than to use it an adjective of that is a ranger move because it definitely is. He will not supplement the uh, the rotation, I don't think, and I don't think that he will be very productive at all. However, as an optimist, I will say that Maybe the rotation will be better than we think, especially if we can get Colby Allard going. Colby Allard was the weak spot in the rotation last season. He was the weak spot on the team last season. I am not very fond of watching Colby Allard walk up to the mound and throw a pitch. I don't think Colby Allard has the mentality to be a starting pitcher in the Major League Baseball. I honestly do not think he has the stuff to be a Major League Baseball pitcher. I mean... Me and my friends talk about this a lot. Colby Allard cried after a bad outing. And there's passion and then there's you know, I mean, we're talking about the the league of their own Tom Hanks. There's no crying in baseball. And there it isn't like obviously show emotion, but he was like unconsolable. He was shaking his head. He looked crazy. And it was embarrassing for the team. I'm sure it was embarrassing for Colby. And, you know, every pitcher gets shelled. You need to learn how to deal with that. But I'm just not impressed by Colby Allard. I know he was like the centerpiece of that uh, trade for Chris Martin trade to Atlanta. But it um it's interesting, to say the least. And I don't think that we're going to be looking at anything impressive. But if the Rangers can get Kyle Cody going, the big 6'5", pardon me, 6'7", pitcher, Then we could see something, maybe Palumbo will finally show why he was so touted in the minor leagues. I don't expect anything from Kyle Gibson. I do not expect anything from Jordan Lyles, but the bullpen looks good. Let's go to the bullpen. You have really (laughs) two notable arms in that bullpen, Jonathan Hernandez, who really came into his own last season, and Jose Leclerc, who... Jose Leclerc is one of those roll-a-die player you roll it and you see whatever the number it lands on that's what you're gonna get you just never know what you're gonna get with Leclerc you know he has stellar stuff you know that he's a great player you know he can pitch his ass off but what you don't know is can Jose Leclerc keep his mind in the game because it will go two outs really quick a strikeout great and then throws a ball 12 feet above the catcher and He just needs to control himself, and that's what I think that the Rangers will need him to do as well, because if you want to be a stellar closer in the league, you need to be reliable. You need to make sure that your best stuff is on that third out, and he just cannot get that third out a lot of the time. Jose Leclerc had something like 20 blown saves in the last two years, I read, so it's not great, but... The Rangers pitching staff will be uh, interesting, to say the least. I think this new experiment of double pitching coach is interesting, at least. But at most, it's a failed experiment that will blow up in our face, as two opinions of two different pitching coaches will absolutely destroy the pitching staff. And hopefully that doesn't happen, but you never know. It's just... A lot. It's a lot. The Rangers are a lot. And that's that's all I have to say about that. And we're going to go ahead and move on to what was introduced last week, the section Arsenal. Well, it's been two straight losses. One against Wolves, the other against Aston Villa. Ollie Watkins struck again. That damn Ollie Watkins who loves Arsenal and has a whole family of Arsenal fans killed Arsenal. And it really was not a game that was dominated by Aston Villa. Uh, Arsenal had their chances. Martin Odegaard had a chance seven yards from the box. And ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to point you back to last episode. I want you to go back and listen to the Arsenal section and uh, say, what, what did I say? I said, Martin Odegaard is not a good move he will just be taking away from minutes from ESR, and I do not think he can adjust to Premier League soccer. I was correct. And I know it's early. He's only played in three games, but I was completely correct. I was. Because Odegaard looks lost out there. He just runs around. He's not a needed player on Arsenal. He was not needed. And you see Odegaard running around like a chicken with his head cut off, and then you go to Joe Willick at Newcastle, and he scores on his debut. What does that tell you? That tells you that maybe we should have used Willock as the backup center attacking mid instead of buying a whole other player. I heard something, sir. Buying a whole other player. It's ridiculous, and it makes zero sense in my head. It doesn't. And it's something that Arsenal would do. You know? Yeah, Martin Odegaard, we need him. No, we don't. We didn't need him. And he's not playing well. And I'm slightly convinced that he may never pan out in the um, Premier League. Another Dennis Suarez or Danny Ceballos. So, you never know. I hope I'm wrong. But so far, Odegaard has been unimpressive. But what I do want to talk about more than Odegaard is the red card game, as I would like to refer to. To the Wolverhampton game, it was atrocious, it was abysmal. Any word that is a synonym synonym of bad, you can describe it that way. We saw uh, David Luiz get red-carded after a stellar Pepe goal. And it was 1-0 Arsenal in the first half, complete domination. And the team just kind of imploded after that. David Luiz apparently which he didn't, and I do not know how VAR caught this. He barely nicked Ruben Neves' leg when he was in on goal, but I do not think that David Luis made contacts with the leg. I don't, and I, I'm sure a lot of people will disagree with that, and by the book, if he did make contact in a goal-scoring opportunity, it is a red card and a penalty, but to me, there was no contact, so Ruben Neves really embellished that, and I guess he knew if he felt contact to go down, but... It didn't look like David made context. It context. Contact. It didn't. And that really changed the course of the game. Gabrielle was subbed in and won one at half after uh, Matinho put away the the goal and then Matinho scored later in the game as well on a thirty five yard screamer and that went into the game. But Arsenal still looked dangerous. They still had shots on target, they still looked stellar you thought okay even with 10 men Arsenal's the better team and they're still attacking they can put this game away they can maybe tie it they can make it 2-2 or even maybe win this game but a tie is what I had in mind and I'm sure that's what a lot of people had in mind but it did not happen because a lot man it's hard to say this but Bernd Leno was red carded very harshly um he ran out of the box and the ball was careened towards him and he was trying to block it out of bounds and the ball made contact out with his hand as he was out of the box and the ref said that that was denying an obvious goal scoring opportunity and so Bernaleno was red carded and promptly sent off. He walked off before he was even handed the red and that that just ended the game really. Arsenal had one more chance at the very you know brink of the game, the 92nd minute weren't able to to put it in but you know it was just unlucky and Arsenal you know probably would have won that game and I'm confident in saying they would have won that game without the red cards and it's just blatant from the referees you cannot be calling that especially with VAR there was no evidence that Davi Lewis Luis made contact with Neves it just didn't happen and you know, there's, that's all there is to it, it just was no contact, and people can interpret that any way they want, but to me, there was no contact, and no way that's a red, so, yeah, and then on Aston Villa, I talked about it a little bit, but the game was just kind of melancholy, melancholy played, Maddie Ryan was played pretty well, Cedric kind of was bad, Thomas Partey limped off again, and Arsenal threatened the goal a couple times, but just couldn't put it away. That's all you can say, and Ollie Watkins was able to put it away. And when it counted at the very beginning of the game, and then Aston Villa played defensively and won the game. And that's really just all there is to it through that game. It was an unlucky result. It was an unlucky result the week before. Arsenal just does the little things bad sometimes. There's just... Some things, and I'm talking about the Aston Villa game Because the Wolves game was the refereeing's fault And I'm not going to ever be convinced otherwise But against Aston Villa they were just kind of complacent Probably could have benefited from Having Luis and Leno on the field as leaders But that's really all there is to that game They play Leeds on Sunday, should be a full squad And, yep, that's... That's the arsenal this week, and that's really all I got to talk about. I will be doing these weekly again. I am very busy all the time, like every day except Tuesday. I am busy, so expect to get these episodes on Tuesday. I know this was a little bit of a rough episode. It's my first episode back, so I will keep y'all updated. Make sure to follow the podcast on Twitter at DRII Podcast. Follow me on Instagram underscore read. 25 7 pardon me underscore read 27 underscore and if you want and you feel inclined to listen to me on monday wednesday friday from 2 to 5 at the top of the hour on kntu 88.1 but that's all i got to say for today and goodbye